0: well good morning everybody welcome to living hope glad that you're here those of you in the room those of you joining us online we're glad to worship with you today we like to begin with this greeting christians have been using for a long long time the lord be with you. And
1: also with you
0: thank you uh hopefully it will continue to warm up in here as the furnace keeps running and as the snow keeps melting outside or whatever thank congratulations on surviving this snowpocalypse and uh and making it to church today well let's bow our heads and let's pray as we begin God, we are grateful to you for the opportunity to gather together, uh, to worship you, to sing to you, to pray to you, to listen for your voice speaking to us through the scriptures, and to gather at the table of our Lord Jesus. God, we we need moments like this, where with the, the busyness of everything else and the stresses of life, we can come to you with all of those, knowing that you're the God who made us, who loves us, and who is with us, who meets us right here in the middle of it. So please, God. Today, would you help us just to be honest with you, Uh, not to pretend that uh, anything's better or worse than it is, but just to be honest with you about what we need from you, about what we need from each other, about the ways that your grace can, uh, can help us today. Because God, we are trusting that you do in fact love us. We're trusting that you are with us. So thank you, God. Thank you for meeting us here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're here in the room, if you're interested, if you're able, let's stand and let's sing.
1: Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever, for He is good, He is above all things, His love. an outstretched arm His love endures forever For the life son this love endures forever and by the grace of god all for you not to us to your name be the glory not to us to your name be the glory our hearts unfold before your throne the only place for those who For you send your holy fire on the suffering. let worship man for the world to see it's not On glory and honor and praise. 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 Not to us to your name. like to read from uh, the book of Micah chapter 6 verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You have shown us, oh God, what is good. You have shown us, oh Lord, what you require. You have heard all our songs, how we long to worship you. Yet you've told us the offering you desire to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with you, God. You have shown us the riches of your love. You have shown us our heart for those in need. Lord, you're opening our ears. To the cries of the poor, you have called us to be your hands and feet. To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with you, God. Said to do justly, To the oppressed and the broken to the widow and the orphan let the river of your justice flow through us to the oppressed and the broken to the widow and the orphan let the river of your justice flow through us, let your river flow. Let your river flow, let your river flow through us, sent to do justly.
2: And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of millions. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever amen pray with me will you lord you alone deserve our worship and our praise this morning you alone are worthy of blessing and honor and praise father thank you Thank you for being in this place and inviting us into your presence, Lord. Thank you for being a place of refuge that we can come to, Lord, when we have had a, a bad week, when we've had a great week, when we just have are downtrodden by life and all that's just happening. Lord, we thank you that we find safety, we find refuge, we find rest in your presence here today. I know, Lord, I for one need it and I know I'm not alone in that need. So we thank you, Lord, and praise you. Lord, we ask for those folks who have had a a difficult week, who are going through a difficult time, Lord, people in in my own sphere of influence, my own circle of friends and and colleagues and neighbors, Lord, that are facing, facing the end of a loved one's life, or they're facing a job loss, or they're facing many difficult things, Lord. I know that you are walking with them, and I pray, Father, that you would be ever-present, that your spirit would be tangible to them, Lord, today and in the days to come. And Lord, I know that you also have given great victory to some people, people who are here right now, people who are joining us online. You have given awesome victory to them. We thank you, Father. We praise you. We give you all the glory. For those victories and those blessings and then father we ask that you would be with us the rest of this time whether we're here right now or we are um joining online at this moment or we're watching later whatever the case may be father may everything that is said and done so far and from here bring you honor and glory may it be pleasing to you lord Be with Pastor Rich as he brings us your word for us today. And we thank you, praise you, and again and again and again we give you all the glory and all the honor. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you. Great. Pastor Rich is going to come. He's got some announcements and then we're going to hear from him.
0: Thank you, Pastor Judy, and thank you Svelbar family for uh, leading us musically today. We, uh, we missed you while you were watching the Bengals win, um, but uh, we're glad to have you back. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, of joys and sorrows and things like that, uh, I know um, Many of you know Dennis and Daylin Charnetsky have been part of this church for years, and Daylin lost her father last August, and uh, just this past week lost her mother as well. So if you could be praying for Daylin and for her family as they're in their time of grief, and then then there's folks in here that have reason to celebrate. Uh, um, Greg, Greg, and Stacy back there. Uh, I have been dating for a while now, and uh, they're planning a big wedding for this November, but I had the privilege on Friday night of, uh, of actually marrying them uh, in a little private ceremony, so looking forward to being able to gather with family and friends once, they, once they're able to do that, so you can start practicing calling her Stacey Kunzi now if you, if you want to, but um, yeah, uh, if you're in the room with us, there are some little cards back there uh, that you can jot a note on to let us know how we can be praying or celebrating, thanking God with you. And uh, drop it in the little offering box. So if you're giving, you can do that as well. Uh, or you can join all of us, uh, all the folks who are watching online. Hello. We're glad to have you with us. We've got several folks who uh, participate online every week. And uh, you can just pull your smartphone out now. Go to livinghope.info slash connect and share with, share with us that way. And, uh, and you can give online as well. Um, one other thing that we're doing that uh, you've noticed as you walked in, big sign on the door, big uh, uh, cases full of bras on the way in. We do every February a used bra drive for a nonprofit called Free the Girls. And uh, uh, next week, we're going to get to hear from Greg Arthur, who works for them, who's also a pastor up the road. Uh, but he did record a little, a little something for us, a little two or three minute uh, hello and a thank you and introduction. So let's listen to that.
3: Hello, Living Hope. Uh, My name is Greg Arthur, and I'm on the staff at Free the Girls. I also pastor Doolin Community Church, just up the road from you in Chesterton. And I just wanted to thank you. Uh, For the last number of years, you guys have been great partners with us. Um, In doing a bra drive usually in February, um, collecting bras for us for our ministry. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about what those bras do and uh, just to thank you for your being part of that. Um, So the bras that you collect become um, part inventory for us um, that we help provide for women who are survivors of sex trafficking around the globe. We work in Mozambique and El Salvador and Costa Rica and we have a brand new program in Mexico. Um, And what we do is we come alongside organizations that are helping to rescue women out of sex trafficking, um, and we help provide reintegration services. Without effective reintegration, um, up to 80% of trafficking survivors can be re-trafficked because they're still vulnerable. And so we look to break that cycle of vulnerability by helping to provide economic empowerment for these women. Um, And the amazing way we do that is by helping them run their own businesses, their own little micro enterprises, selling bras. Now bras have proven to be really, really effective Um, for our women and rebuilding their lives. Um, The average woman in one of our programs can sell three or four bras a day and actually have a livable wage. We make sure their kids are in school. We help provide them with other resources that they need to get healing um, and to get education, training and being parents and running a business. Uh, We do all of this uh, so that when they graduate from our program, they're able to step out beyond not being dependent on us or on bra sales, but into a new life that they wanna create. We help try to restore some of their agency uh, and the choice into their life. And so the bras that you collect become a vital part of that because without the, that inventory uh, and their businesses they're run, uh, we're not able to help them, uh, not to fund what they're trying to do, but also to move beyond that. And the beautiful thing is, is that our women are so creative. They're incredible, uh, their stories of survival and how hard they work to rebuild their lives. Um, and they get to go do all sorts of different things with their life they never thought would be possible. Take Maria, for example. Maria is one of the women in our program in Mozambique, and um, she came to us several years ago to get a grant out of what we call the Inheritance Project um, so that she could buy some land. She wanted to buy a home for her family, a safe place uh, that would, you know, it's having a part of the earth to call it your own. Um, And she came back to us this past year and looked for another grant uh, for purchasing land. And we were excited, we didn't know she was expanding or what she was doing, but what she wanted to do is she had saved up money to buy land to put in her daughter's name. She had like a 12 year old daughter and in order to break the cycle of vulnerability and exploitation, she was looking to give her daughter her own inheritance so that she could build a, a life for herself. How incredible it is to uh, to be part of that. So thank you so much for your partnership with us, with how hard uh, you have worked to collect bras for us over the year, your faithfulness to that. Uh, And I just want to encourage you that as you're collecting bras this year and collecting bucks and uh, donating to what we're doing, uh, to, to get as many people involved in it as possible because the work you're doing is helping us to change lives around the world. So thank you. Um, I'm going to get a chance to be in person with you uh, in February. I'm looking for that as chance as well to be with you in person. Thank you for that. So uh, thanks for being part of this, and I hope your brawl drive goes great. I can't wait to see you.
0: Yeah, so he'll actually be able to be with us uh, next Sunday. So I'm looking forward to being here with you and, and hearing what he has to say as he uh, brings God's word to us and talks about uh, how that connects with the work that, that Free the Girls is doing. So if you've ever been looking for uh, something different to talk to your friends about, you you know, like, oh, how do I invite them to church? Or, what am I supposed to say about God? You know, now you can ask for their bras, okay? And uh, and you can bring them to church with you. So if you need a, a flyer, or if you know a place that uh, maybe in uh, an apartment complex or someplace you shop uh, that you could put a flyer up, we've got some of these out there in the foyer on top of a stack of three totes full of bras that have already come in. And uh, so if you would like to post one of those somewhere, it just says we need your used bras to help women escape sex trafficking. Says they can drop them off here, and then has information about what Free the Girls does right there. So we would love to have you participate in that and uh, and help us take a whole big old. Carload full of bras uh, up to Chesterton uh, at the end of February. Oh. There's a couple other things going on that you can read about uh, in, the, in the notes there uh, on the back there, or if you want to open that up, and those of you online uh, will have these things on the screen here in just a second. But uh, we're, we'll go ahead and get into today's message. We've been talking about these blessed practices and the ways that we can bless our neighbors and how the world can be changed through ordinary folks like us. And uh, today is the, the last of these blessed practices and might be the one that uh, causes our knees to knock most often as we talk about sharing our story with other people. Uh, you probably heard this phrase before or seen this quote preach the gospel at all times when necessary use words often attributed to Francis of Assisi but we're pretty sure he didn't say that we don't know who said this uh, for the first time uh, but I know a lot of us Christians tend to like this because it, it, it kind of lets us off the hook we feel like right like oh I, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel by the way I live uh, by the things that I do and, uh, and hopefully I never ever have to use words uh, we should obviously live out the gospel we should live lives of love lives that show that that God the God of grace is, uh, is transforming our lives But it's almost always necessary to use words if we want to move beyond hoping that people will find their way back to God towards actually helping them to find their way to God. So today is about how we can use our words to do that in a way that's not so scary. OK, uh, if you can tell your friend uh, about a great restaurant that you love or about a sports team that you're excited about, you can tell them about Jesus. OK, it does not have to be a theological dissertation. Uh, you don't have to be able to answer every objection. OK, and we'll, we'll get into that. But first, these blessed practices we've been talking about, uh, they just spell B-L-E-S-S. And I am uh, indebted for all of this stuff to this uh, church in Chicago, the Chicago suburbs called Community Christian Church, where two of their pastors who are also brothers um, uh, wrote a book and have been working on this for years, and uh, and they, they came up with B-L-E-S-S, begin with prayer, be praying for your neighbors, and we I've encouraged you to do that, whether it's people where you work, people where you live, people where you play, some of the people that God has put you in contact with, begin to pray for them, ask God to bless them, ask God to provide opportunities for you to, to have conversation with them, and when you do, you listen. We Christians aren't especially known for this, right? And so we want to be, we want to be known for listening, being people who care enough to listen to other people's uh, hearts, their opinions, their hurts, whatever it is that they want to share with us. And at some point, as God opens the door, you can invite them to eat and move this beyond just a, an acquaintance toward more of a friendship. Invite them to eat with you, um, to, to share their brown bag, you know, to brown bag with you there at work and eat together or to join you at your house for a barbecue or at a restaurant or whatever it might be, to eat together and begin to take this a little bit further than, uh, than just the casual acquaintance. And then at some point, if you're doing this, Uh, you're going to hear some things that they need help with. You're going to hear some ways that you can serve, some ways that you can put love into action to serve this person that God has sent you to. And eventually, at some point, you're going to have an opportunity. They're going to ask questions. You're going to have a chance to share your story. Now, I know that for many of us, this is just, like, terrifying, right? We don't, we don't, uh, we've got all kinds of reasons why we don't talk about Jesus or talk about what he's done in our lives, and, and just uh, to answer a few of those things that, that might be coming up for you, it might be popping up in your mind right now, some of us, we just think, oh, like, I don't have what it takes, you know, I'll leave this to the professional Christians like you, Pastor, and, uh I don't, I don't have what it takes to get out there and tell people about Jesus or, or tell that story, uh, but the reality is that you do, I mean, Jesus, uh, none of us, I guess, really get to be professional Christians. Okay, um, um, even the disciples, the, the folks who followed Jesus around, you know, he they were just ordinary folks. You know, we've talked of that before. They were fishermen and tax collectors and and uh, political rebels and all kinds of folks that Jesus had gathered together this motley crew. And he tells them in Matthew chapter 10, he says, "You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers." Now, hopefully, that won't happen to any of us. But he says, "But this will be your opportunity." to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. You know, whatever kind of trouble we might get ourselves into in life, you know, God is always providing us with opportunities to, to tell others about him. He says, when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. Whew, I got to say, that's, that's reassuring to me, okay? God will give you the right words at the right time. He says, for it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. The, the spirit of your heavenly father, the God who made you and who made the person you're talking to, the God who's been at work in their lives and knows what they're going through and has put you in their life for a reason. You know, this isn't anything you have to force, that you have to go out there and, and stand on a, on a corner with a sandwich sign and a bullhorn and tell people they're going to hell or whatever. You know, it's not what we're talking about, all right? We're talking about the people that God has already put you in their life. And as you begin to listen to them and develop a relationship and serve them in various ways, then at some point you'll have a chance to talk with them about why. Why you're living a life of love. Why you're not getting as upset at the boss as everybody else is. Why you're not afraid because of the circumstances that surround you. Why you still have this peace or this confidence. And when they ask you why, you'll be able to, God will give you the right words at the right time. You'll be able to share your story. You do have what it takes. Uh, sometimes we think, you know, I don't want to impose my beliefs on people. And this is actually, I, I love the heart behind this, you know, that we don't want to be pushy, we don't want to be uh, trying to twist people's arms, or, and we certainly don't want to be, uh, like, imposing anything on anyone. But that's not what we're talking about, okay? Uh, I, I love this. this is, I'd, I'd heard this quote for years, and I had never really tracked down where it, we think the first person to say this was a Sri Lankan pastor named David Niles, who said, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. You know, we're not talking about imposing your beliefs on someone else we're talking about you sharing with someone else hey i found something that helps me you know i was hungry and i found food and if you're hungry i know where i can you know i know where you can find some food all right this is just us sharing with other people the hope that we have found the help that we have found the life that we have found that of course why wouldn't we want to share that with someone else when they find themselves hungry or needing hope needing help Uh, the apostle paul says in romans chapter 10 Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Right? Now before we continue with the rest of that, I just want to back up. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This, if you read the, the context of this, this is like kind of new, right? This idea that anyone can call on the name of the Lord. He says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter what your background has been, doesn't matter what kind of family you came from. He says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be rescued, is what that word saved means. But how can they call on him unless they believe in him, unless they have some kind of faith that, okay, I think God will be there. If I, if I jump, he will catch me. If I reach out, he will help me. I say, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? It's a good thing to live out the Christian life in front of people, but at some point, you got to open your mouth, you got to use words, you got to tell them about the God who loves them and who can do for them what he's done for you. Now, sometimes we think, well, I, I doubt God could use my story. I don't have one of those super exciting stories, you know, and I, I think maybe, maybe God can use their story, but he can't really use mine. I'll be honest, I've, I've felt this way at times. You know, I still kind of feel that way today sometimes because my story is not super exciting. You know? Um, you know, before I met Jesus uh, at, at the age of four, you know, I was spending all the time, all my time down at the bar, right? You know, I was getting in trouble with the law. I was, You know, no, I was four years old. I was, I was raised by Christian parents who loved me and loved Jesus and who taught me from an early age that God loves me too and that I could trust in Jesus and follow him now that doesn't mean I don't have a story that doesn't mean that there aren't things that I had to figure out along the way that God had to deal with me about all sorts of different times where I've had to put my trust in Jesus and see that Jesus is faithful right it doesn't matter what your story is it can be helpful God can use your story some of you might think your story is just too awful you think well, I don't I can't let people know my story. If people heard what, what I've been through, or the things I've done, or the ways I've hurt people, or the, the trouble I've been in, then they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't want to be around me anymore or something. But you know what? God can use whatever your story is. In fact, it might be that, that thing that you're afraid to share with others, that might be exactly what someone else needs to hear because they, can, they know now that you can connect with them. That like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been where you are. I heard someone say this last week that the most painful part of your story could be the most life-giving part of someone else's. The most painful part of your story could be the most life-giving part of someone else's because it gives them hope. Like, I had no idea you had been through that. If God can do this with you, if God can bring you through that, if God can help you to to tackle that or escape from that or, or set you free from that, then maybe there's hope for me. God can use anyone's story. If you are trusting Jesus, if he's at work in your life, God can use your story to help someone else trust in him to see that God is faithful. And of course, you know, all of us just, it makes me feel uncomfortable, right? I mean, it makes me feel uncomfortable to, to, to talk about these things. And and sure, of course, there are, some of us are just introverts, some of us just don't like starting conversations. And, and again, this is not something that you're forcing on anybody. You're not forcing a conversation to happen. This is just being ready when the moment arises to know what your story is and to be ready to share it, to be open to sharing it. And yes, it might feel awkward or uncomfortable the first few times you do it, But after a while you realize like oh I you know we we, the conversation was turning spiritual I shared my story and they didn't spit in my face you know they they didn't kick me out they didn't you know unfriend me on Facebook you know they they were appreciative and then they shared their thoughts and their story and um, although usually that probably happens the other way around they've probably already shared their story and then they're asking you because you've been listening right you've been asking for their story and then they're asking well what's your story what do you think about these things yes it might make us feel uncomfortable but it's it's worth it it's worth getting past that discomfort for the sake of this person that god has begun to help you to love this person you've been praying for this person that god loves uh, so much that he has sent his son jesus to die for their sins to set them free and now he knows that they're in a place where he has sent you one of his kids into their life so that perhaps at some point when the moment is right you can be one of those who speaks into their life who shares your story who gives them hope it doesn't all rest on any one of us, okay? Uh, there's a verse I didn't, that didn't make its way into your notes uh, where the Apostle Paul, in one of his letters, says, look, I, I planted the seed, another guy watered it, but it's God who makes it grow. It's God who makes this stuff. It's God who makes faith grow in a person's life. You know, we're not the, the Holy Spirit for them, right? We're just one of God's kids following the lead of God's Holy Spirit to, to do our small part. I just heard this last week that for most people now, they've surveyed folks who've come to faith in Christ, and they've asked them, like, so how many times had, had people told you the good news about Jesus before you finally put your trust in Him? Or how many times had you encountered, you know, loving Christians that, that all encountered, you know, kind of ugly Christians and people who Christians they would, that made them think, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. But how many times had you encountered care from a Christian or from a church? How many times had someone shared their story with you? And it was, what was it, something like 20 different times that they'd experienced care from someone? And uh, and I think f- oh I can't remember Do you remember Pastor Judy five point 6. six times Okay okay five or six I remembered it was something between two numbers So five or six different times that, that different people have shared the good news about Jesus and His love before they finally say like Huh well, maybe that's something that I need You know what I I am ready to put my trust in Jesus So you might just be one of a half a dozen people that God's going to use in their life But you are that one Right you don't have to walk away from that conversation having led them in a prayer to trust and follow Jesus. You just share your story, and, uh, and God's going to use that, all right? It, it's, it's worth it because God, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? And, but they can't do it unless they, they hear about him, and so we get to play a small part in that. There's a great story that, uh, that John wrote in his gospel. Uh, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, that tell the story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, and all the things that he did. And uh, there was a moment in John chapter 9 where it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who'd been blind from birth. Someone who had never seen. His whole life had been just dark. He could hear, couldn't see, blind from birth. And this man hears that Jesus is coming, that he, he's brought to Jesus, wants to be healed. And so Jesus agrees to, to heal him. And the way that he does it is kind of strange. Verse 6, he says, Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. It's one of those weird stories, right? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I was him, if I would have gone for that, right? Like, uh, maybe I'll wait for another rabbi sent from God to, to maybe pray for me or something. Uh, if you're the mud, mud on the eyes guy, uh, spit mud, um, <clears throat> you know, I just imagine, you know, you can't see anything and you've... you've you hear that Jesus is coming, and you're crying out for him to heal you, and, and you're face-to-face with Jesus, and he, and he says, okay, and then you hear him go, ah. you know, I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. What are we doing? This is what Jesus does. Smears the mud over his eyes and tells him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His life forever changed. He had lived his entire life not being able to see a thing, and because he was willing to trust Jesus, who did this weird thing with spit and mud and wash it off, suddenly he could see. And, uh, and his life was forever different. Now, if you read the rest of this chapter, he gets opportunities to share his story, sometimes in, in easy ways, sometimes in very uncomfortable ways, but he does. He shares his story of what Jesus has done for him. Uh, in verse 8, it says, His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. And he's insisting, no, it's really me. You know, when you put your trust in Jesus, when Jesus begins to save you, to rescue you, to change your life, some people will struggle with that, right? Some folks will see you and say, wait, aren't you the guy that we used to go out and, you know, or aren't you the girl who just five years ago was, you know, all kinds of things. When, when your life changes, people, some people are skeptical. Some people aren't too sure about it. You might have to insist, no, I, that's, that's really me. Yeah, that was, that was me. Oh, no, you remember, you remember right. We used to do that. Yeah, we, we barely just got to you know, escape trouble off of that one. And, you know, you don't sanitize your story. You don't, you don't try to pretty it up. He says, yeah, that was me. And then they asked him, well, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes. It skips the spitting part. Uh, and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed. Now I can see. He just tells him what happened. You know, he doesn't go into any great detail. He doesn't, doesn't try to sell them on anything. He just says, you want to know how I can see? Oh, well, Jesus made mud, put it on my eyes, told me to wash. I washed and I can see. This is what's happened to me. Now, as word begins to spread about this miracle, the religious folks get involved. And they're not too happy. They're already not happy with Jesus. They're, they're looking for ways to, uh, to, to get Jesus uh, about something. And so they call this man in. And they, they insist that like he, he tell them the details. And they want to know what's going on. And they've got accusations about Jesus. In fact, in verse 24, it says, For the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this. Because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. They're like, you shouldn't be giving credit to Jesus. He's a sinner. You should give glory to God. And his answer is, I don't know whether he's a sinner, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. You know, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a degree from a seminary. He doesn't know who Jesus is, even. He's just he's willing to say, look, I don't know everything about Jesus. I, don't, I can't describe to you how the Trinity works. I can't describe to you anything. All I know is, I, I needed help. I reached out to Jesus, and he healed me. I was blind, and now I can see. So if you're thinking about how would I tell my story to someone, you could use this as a model, right? Uh, just those three parts of the story. You know, there's my life before I met Jesus. You know, here's what my life was like. Here's what I struggled with. Here, here were the fears, the anxieties. Here were the, 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 the way that my life was, you know, falling apart or struggle or whatever it was, whatever your story happens to be. Here was my life before I met Jesus, the ways in which I was blind, and I couldn't see others the way they really were. Whatever your story was, here's my life before I met Jesus, and then here's how I met Jesus. You know, and then, but then I had this neighbor who reached out to me, who shoveled my walk, and we, we became friends, and they went to church, and we started talking about Jesus. And you know Whatever it was, what, how did you meet Jesus? Just describe how you met Jesus. And then my life since I met Jesus. Here's what he's done for me. Here's how he's opened my eyes. Here's how he's given me life. Here's how he's set me free, whatever it might be. Now, this assumes that you've met Jesus, (laughs) all right? This assumes that the Son of God is actively at work in your life and is changing some things, that you are open to God making some changes. And I understand that can be scary, and some of us haven't taken that step yet, perhaps. You know, maybe you've been... uh, you've you've known there was a God out there and he just kind of stays in this abstract yeah there's a God out there and it kind of helps me feel better knowing that there's a God uh, and, or this all had to come from somewhere or you know maybe your your grandmother you know you grew up she took you to church and and so you know some of the stories and you know maybe faith in God has just kind of been a an abstract thing for you you haven't actually met Jesus you haven't been open to him setting you free <laughs> healing your blindness giving you life in place of the death that our sin brings us. This assumes that God is at work in your life, and if he is, then then you have a story to tell. Even though I can't talk about some dramatic conversion experience when I was four years old, I can talk about, you know, the anger issues that I used to have, um, and how it's it's embarrassing. You have to admit to your kids some of the things that you did and got in trouble for as a kid, you know, and I've had to Tell my boys already. They're just sick, so I don't tell every detail of some of these stories. But um, and to be able to talk about how, but Jesus has helped me to to let go of some of that anger. Has helped me to become a a, a a kinder person, a more patient person. I got stories about arrogance I can tell about how arrogant I was in my younger years and thought I knew everything and looked down on people that disagreed with me and and how God finally kind of put me in my place through some Christian instructors at, in college who helped me lovingly, patiently. To learn more to learn how much i didn't know and we all have we all have stories to tell we all have ways that god can um, can use our story to help other people to bless our neighbors to help them find their way back to god so today just three things that i'm hoping that you'll do first is to let god write your story you know like i said maybe you haven't done that yet Maybe you haven't let God write your story. Maybe you've just been insistent on keeping that pen in your own hand, and you you want to control your story and its outcome. And the thing we all end up finding is that we we're not we're not good writers. You know, we we, we try to control the outcome, and it and it just kind of goes downhill. The main character of, of our story, if it's me, uh, it ends up getting an uglier and uglier and uglier tale. You know, we we need to let God write our story. We need to we need to let Him take the pen and say, "Okay, God, you be in charge." You know, you've, you've been writing a beautiful story of redeeming people's lives, and, and my life is no different. Uh, I've been making a mess of this thing, and I need your help. I need, like this blind man, I need you to help me to see. You know, like the people mentioned in, in Romans chapter 10, I, I need you to, to save me, to rescue me. I'm trusting that you can do this. Let God write your story. And, and the second thing is just to compose your story, to go ahead, to, to sit down maybe, maybe with... Maybe you're jotting it down right there in the, in the margins. Next to my life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, and my life after Jesus. Go ahead and, and take the time to just write it out. Pretend that a friend has asked you this by email or text. And so you're just texting it back to them, writing it back to them. Go ahead, just, just write it out. What would you say? Not doesn't have to be long. It could just be a minute long of saying like, well, here's, here's what my life was like. Here's what was going on. And I met Jesus. Here's how I met him. And as I put my trust in him, here's how he's changed me. Go ahead and compose it right? We want to be ready for those moments. If we're just trying to do it on the fly, then of course it's going to be, we're going to feel more awkward, right? Peter, the the guy who never had trouble opening his mouth, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, he wrote in in his first letter that we have in our Bibles, he said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about you going out and knocking on doors and having to try to insist to drag people into church or, or, you know, force people to listen to your story. We're saying those are going to be moments, as you are praying for your neighbors, as you're listening to them and developing a relationship with them and serving them, there are going to, there are going to be moments where they ask you to give the reason. Why, why do you have hope? And you say, we should be ready with an answer for that. We should be ready to point them toward Jesus so that we don't just awkwardly, and I, I've done this. I don't know about you. I've done this. I've just, well, I don't know. I guess it's just wired that way. Or, you know, we just kind of come up with some little easy, short little answer that doesn't have to lead to a conversation because we feel awkward or we don't know what to say. Let's go ahead and be ready in those moments. Or someone asks us why your life is different than the other people they've bumped into. Go ahead and write out your story so that you can give Jesus credit for the work that he's done in your life. And then begin to ask God for opportunities to share your story. And uh, this feels a little bit like uh, like praying for patience. You know, we're always told like, no, don't ask God for patience because he's gonna give you opportunities to have to be patient, right? Um, that's kind of the scariness of this too, right? If you're asking God, God, please give me a chance to share this story. He is going to do that. He is going to give you opportunities. He's going to send someone your way who's just going to flat out ask you, you know, about Jesus, or he's just going to ask you, like, about something very specific that you, like, you actually wrote down the one thing that you thought, well, nobody deals with this issue. Nobody's had the same problem that I've had. And, and so that's, you wrote it down thinking, oh, phew, I'm never going to have to share this. God will send, if you ask God for opportunities, he's going to send you somebody with that exact same thing, and you're going to be like, oh, man, all right, God, fine. Fine, this person needs what I have to share, I'll share it. Ask God for opportunities to share your story. Because again, remember what we looked at earlier in Romans chapter 10, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call on him unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And you and I, at different points in our lives, will have opportunities to be that someone for somebody. You will have the chance to be that someone who tells somebody that there's a God who loves them, who tells somebody that that he loved them so much that he sent His son, Jesus. And that's why you have hope. That's why your life is changed, because you put your trust in Jesus, because you've been listening to him. You've been reading the stories about him in Scripture. You've been talking to him. You've You've been following his lead. You've been following his teachings, his commandments. You've been doing what Jesus says, and your life is now different. You'll be able to share that with someone. And your example will give them the hope that they need that, that maybe their life can be different too, that maybe they can put their trust in Jesus. I'm, I'm convinced that we will all have these opportunities at some point. And I, I mentioned there have been times where I've had that opportunity and I've flubbed it. You know, I've had that opportunity and I've like, I've I've missed it. I've missed the opportunity. I've let it go by, and later I'm like, oh, man, I should have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have chickened out there. And I don't, want, I don't want you to feel that same way. I don't want to feel that same way again, right? I want to be ready in those moments. I want to be ready for God to use me to bless them with the good news that he loves them and that their life can be changed. Let's bow our heads, and let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you. For those who were bold enough to share the good news about you with us. For those who reached out for us, to us, who prayed for us, who, who loved us, who served us, who listened to us. Those people who, um, when we had questions, they weren't afraid to share their story with all of its ups and downs and ugliness. And uh, they didn't try to pretty it up. They just told us the truth. And you used that, God, to help us to say yes to you. Help us, God, to be willing to do that same thing for others. To let you speak through us, to let you work through us, to bless our neighbors so that their lives can be changed by your love, by your grace, so that they can live in this world with the same hope that we have, the same confidence, the same peace. Thank you, God. Thank you for Loving, ordinary, messed up people like us. Loving us enough to send your son Jesus to to take our sin on himself. To take the worst that we could possibly do as we nailed him to a cross. And instead of raining down condemnation on us, Jesus, you prayed, even as we were killing you, Father, forgive them if they don't know what they're doing. God, you sent your son to live to die and to rise again to, to conquer the power of sin and death to set us free so god i pray that you would conquer the the fears that that still plague us the the apprehension uh, that that prevents us from uh, from ask from even asking you for opportunities to share our story let alone actually opening our mouths and talking to someone else about you. So God, I pray that you would help each of us as we make our way through 2022. That we will be blessing our neighbors. That we'll be praying for them. That we will just follow your lead then, God. As you are already at work in their lives and we have opportunity to to be useful as we listen to them, eat with them, serve them. And when you know they're ready, God, we have a chance to share our story with them. You are good to us, God. And we are so grateful that we have a story to tell. We're so grateful for your grace, forgiving our sins, setting us free from shame and guilt. God, we're so thankful for your Holy Spirit that that leads us and gives us life, gives us a new life to live. where We don't have to be defined by our past failures, but we can live as your kids, confident here in the world, we live into a beautiful future that you have for us. Thank you, God. Thank you for all the ways that you bless us. And now today we are grateful as well that we have the opportunity, as Pastor Judy read earlier, to, to join with all of creation on heaven, in heaven and on earth in giving you praise, in giving you thanks, in celebrating the great gift of love that you've given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. In this celebration of Holy Communion, God, we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember the great love that you showed us. Jesus, as you had that Passover dinner with your disciples and you took the bread and and blessed it and gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. You took the cup and you gave it to them. You said, this is is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. We are so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you, you held nothing back out of love for us, but you gave yourself to us so that we could be washed clean of our sin, so that we could be embraced by our Heavenly Father, so that we could be adopted into your family, given brothers and sisters here and around the world. Thank you, God. Thank you once again for defeating the powers of sin and death and the devil so that today, as we offer you ourselves with all of our mess, all of our failures, all of our fears, God, you are able to forgive us, to transform us by your Holy Spirit, to change us so that we, by, by your Spirit's work in our lives, we can live in this world as the body of Christ as your sons and daughters. We are so grateful to you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate your amazing grace today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Svelbers are going to come lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice, and as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it and then return to your seats. Uh, we've got the, the regular bread and the gluten-free bread and the little cups that you could take back to your seat if you'd like, or if you're at one of the tables and you'd rather not join the procession, you can uh, grab one of those little cups there and peel it back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. Uh, this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. It doesn't matter where you've been uh, before today. If today you're saying, okay, Jesus, <laughs> I am grateful for your grace and I need it. Uh, <laughs> I am hungry and need to be fed by you. I have been blind, I need to see, Uh, then you are invited to celebrate, to give thanks.
1: But
0: We are so grateful, God, for the amazing grace that you've shown to each and every one of us. Thank you for forgiving our sins, for healing our blindness, for giving us life where our sins, our selfishness, our disobedience had brought only death to us and to the people around us. God, you have been gracious. You have been good. And we are so grateful we pray once more that you would fill us with the spirit of Christ today so that as we leave this place, as we go where you send us, to the people you send us to, we might go as the body of Christ given for the world, that we might go as your sons and daughters loved by you, filled to overflowing with your grace and love so that we just can't help but share it with others. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.